Hello and welcome to Flying High with Flutter. Today I have my very good guest, Alex Minette, if I believe I said that correctly. Yep. He is going to be introducing us uh, about hello. his app that he wrote in Flutter and I believe also Elixir in Phoenix. And so originally I saw that he was actually on uh, another podcast and I thought, wow, not many Flutter people are actually I can find in Elixir. So might, have, might as well get him over here and see you know, what he thinks. So, uh, yeah, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about your background and, and so forth. Yeah, for sure. That, that's kind of a hot combination of uh, languages, so for sure that, that's kind of unusual. Uh, on my case, uh, I'm a software engineer. I've been working in IT as long as I remember, <laughs> and I'm a kind of a polyglot. I like to uh, work on, on the different uh, languages and, and technologies. I've worked in, in the in UK for the during three years and then I've um, I've moved abroad to work remotely in Asia and then back to France now uh, where I'm now living. Uh, I currently work for a company called uh, Penny Lane which is doing uh, online accounting uh, software but uh, I also have um, a lot of uh, uh, very big side projects uh, including this uh, budget app building Flutter plus um, some uh, Elixir, Elixir stuff. Yeah. So I'm mostly a polyglot on my case. Uh, I like to to uh, uh, work and uh, with different technologies and and, and see everything. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's, that's kind of my background. <laughs> yeah. So you say that you think uh, Elixir and Flutter are quite quite odd to put together, or what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so in my case, I've I've I have, I've have actually more experience with uh, uh, Flutter compared to Elixir. Uh, I've uh, started this uh, budget app project about uh, two years ago. And it's, it's kind of pretty large with about maybe 30,000 lines of, uh, of dot code. So that, that's kind of a, a large product now. And, uh, in Elixir, I've started kind of a more recently, maybe about a, a year ago to add a kind of a web, uh, part to, to the project because I realized that, uh, why photo is pretty great to, to build mobile apps. It's not that great of a technology yet to, to build web apps. Uh, the web support is kind of a, a bit alpha, alpha in my opinion, <laughs> because the rendering model isn't adapting very well. So it makes a good companion, uh, companion language to build uh, the, the web path, uh, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, I actually tried using it recently. Uh, I was pretty happy with it, but I don't know if you ever tried with using the web to actually run the app or not, or like in debug mode when you're developing. Oh, yeah. yeah. But I, found lots of problems. The live reload just wasn't working and that kind of kills it for me at least. Yeah, on my case, there's a lot of issues with my app to, to make it used as a as a web directly. First first and foremost, it's using SQLite, which is not available on the web. Uh, it's not gonna be the same rendering model. So I would have to adapt all the routes to, um, to hook up directly with a, an endpoint, which would make me like a refactor kind of half of a code base. Um, secondly, the next issues are assets, which are pretty big. And then, uh, there's, uh, another few issues that my app isn't, uh, isn't working very well for, uh, desktop point of view yet. So you can't, you can't really use the app, uh, on the desktop yet. Uh, like the way, the way everything's handled is assumes a mobile factor, uh, which would again require another more round of refactoring. Uh, which this one I might uh, start with, but uh, the SQLite one is the biggest barrier thing. Um, 
for me. I mean, most of apps won't have this issue, but on my case, that's, that's kind of a blocker. Sorry, for some reason, you kind of went out for me over here. Is so, that, uh, is that, uh, sorry, is I, that can, I can uh, repeat here, it's, it's fine. Uh, yeah, on my case, the biggest blocker is SQLite uh, because uh, it's not available on a, on a, on a browser. You, you will have to, to build some kind of a um, thing with uh, IndexedDB or something equivalent. And the issue with a browser is that I don't want to store all the transactions. I would prefer to like uh, just fetch, fetch them as they go from some REST API or something like this. And so doing this would uh, would uh, make me rewrite the whole app basically because all the endpoints assume that it's just uh, tapping the data into SQLite everywhere. Uh, so that that would be kind of a like huge amount of work for me. It's not it's not built to uh, to to do these kind of assumptions. Yeah, yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, it is. I do agree that it does get a little bit difficult when you try to take an app that was written for mobile and try to make it work for bigger size screens, right? Yeah, yeah, that's also the next issue, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. so, like, maybe you could tell us more about, about the app that you're working on, right? Or did you want to show us a demo or something? Because, uh... Um, yeah, uh, I can, I can show... Uh, oh, one second. Yeah, so this is the app as it is from the from the Play Store. Uh, what I'm trying to build is a pretty powerful app where you can uh, add uh, any kind of uh, a data source into it. Uh, so you can either do manual work, or my next plan is also to have a, a lot of banking uh, APIs to to go in, into into the app. Yeah. So you have you have um, a main screen with all your accounts. You have a statistic uh, screen where uh, oh, you have all the basic uh, like uh, dashboards and uh, data from what you you would like to have from the from the, your your accounts here. Uh, if you click here, for example, you have the amount you spend, the amount you you um, you earn each month. And then if you click here, you have more like statistics. Uh, like for example, your your financial statement and the uh, amount of money you spend and earn per month. And all of this is like uh, built from this uh, data part where here you have all the transactions uh, from each account. Here. So this is the main, the main building blocks of the app here. You have an account with transactions and then from that you have statistics. Uh, and the main goal on my case is to build an app which is beautiful to use, uh, easy to use and also as automated as possible. Like um, the big issue I have with mobile app nowadays is that uh, they either full manual or full automated with banking, but don't, they don't allow a mix of both. Uh, so this is my, my, uh, the thing I, I want to build here. And secondly, uh, mobile app are, mobile budget app are not the same as uh, social networks. There's a lot less, uh, a lot less uh, care involved into these apps. So like what I would like to do is to have the same standards, uh, as you have for social networks or like have everything built, uh, like uh, to to be smooth, to be uh, animated properly, and this is also why Flutter helps me a lot there, yeah? because Flutter adds all these nice transitions, 
all these uh, nice eff nice effects. Like you can see here when I click on the um, mobile button, say I've added some kind of effect here. There's some custom custom tabs, custom um, uh, drop downs here. So this drop down is completely custom, for example, and then it can move and the text moves as you click it. Um, so Flutter helps a lot for this kind of uh, of uh, tasks. You can you can build custom widgets to do everything you want. And uh, yeah, one of the main parts for me is like the the animation and the, the speed is running out uh, uh, actually. I also have um, my Android mobile is actually very old. Uh, I have a very cheap uh, cheap mobile and and my app is one of the fastest app I have on my mobile. <laughs> Uh, thanks to thanks to Flutter, yeah, that's that's one of the advantages. Yeah, I, so it actually runs quite well on older hardware. You're saying. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's it's very good for old hardware and not not powerful hardware. And actually, uh, on the Play Store, like most of my users are in poorer countries uh, because of this. Uh, because when they they just check out the app and they see it's running very smooth, they they just keep it. Whereas uh, some other apps might not uh, run as smooth as the one with Flutter. Uh, this is one of the big, big advantage of Flutter. Yeah, I, I don't know how well how they do it, but it, it really does run quite well. It's quite amazing. Yeah, they use some some canvas uh, on the mobile side. So everything you see is rendered with Flutter. They don't use any native uh, widgets. Uh, so they can, they can just optimize the rendering. And secondly, the Dart language was just built for this purpose, uh, in a way, but just built for like a native compilation and um, and rendering. Yeah, uh, but it was just built for this purpose. Um, so that's that makes a pretty good combination. And on uh, on cheap mobiles, it just runs perfectly. There's no no issue of anything. Yeah, I don't know. I I thought Dart was originally supposed to be able to replace JavaScript at some point, from my understanding of kind of the history of Dart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was understanding about. <clears throat> yeah, it was supposed to to replace JavaScript, but uh, the language changed a lot uh, in the meantime. And uh, nowadays, I would say it's half inspired by JavaScript, half inspired by kind of Java paradigms, and. Um, what they retain from the Dart area, the, the inception of a of a project, is that uh, the instant reload is just amazing. It's the only technology where basically the instant reload works as advertised. Uh, you can just code your code your thing, just uh, it R, and then everything just reloads uh, instant instantly. There's never any issue with it. Um, and secondly, the uh, the compilation uh, is also helping a lot for for this project. Yeah. Um, the static typing in Dart is, is amazing, and uh, that helps a lot the performance of the of the app. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, it looks pretty cool. So I wanted to go back to you. Do have some custom drop downs you did, right? How, why did you decide to build yeah. a custom drop down? Why not use the default ones? Is it that you had a an idea that you wanted a very certain way that they acted, or or, or what's the point? Yeah, exactly. I wanted uh, I wanted the dropdown to act a certain way uh, because the basic dropdown you cannot uh, really style the inside as much as you want to. Um, so um, Flutter has these basic components uh, built in. Uh, they're pretty good. I use them in a few places as well. If you if you see here, the, this month this part is like this is a native dropdown here. Yeah. Uh, this is what it looks like. 
but it's not something you want to use for, uh, for example, um, like a, a full scale drop down with uh, some styling onto it. And that's where uh, Flutter is pretty good. That's where Flutter shines is that uh, you have access to everything uh, rounded uh, down to a pixel. Uh, so you can uh, render anything you you would like uh, to render. So I've made this uh, this drop down to have a pre-select uh, part of uh, the current uh, the current uh, bump, and also I wanted some animation when you click onto it. So what happens is like he I just uh, uh, increase and, and decrease the texture uh, with uh, an animator, and so this way when you select you instantly see what's been selected on the top here. Uh, this is very helpful because. It uh, it doesn't confuse users uh, when you click it when you tap sorry on mobile uh, if they see instantly what's what's happening the eyes are attracted to the right part uh, straight away um, same for the bottom uh, the bottom bar actually what you see looks normal it just looks uh, a bit fancy but it looks normal but in reality what you see this bottom bar is entirely custom there's no way to make a um, <clears throat> to make a um, gradient bar in Flutter like this, uh, a gradient notch bar. Uh, everything you see here is custom. Uh, so there's um, there's a few layers of uh, of the bottom bar. Yeah, so you have the bottom bar itself, then you have the colors, then you have the icons, and then you have the notch. Here, but everything is uh, built uh, manually. Okay. Yeah, that's actually pretty cool. So. What I see, because not everybody can actually see the video, so when we release this on podcast, yeah. So you have a drop down at the top, which you click on it, and once you select it, I think I saw very quickly, like the yeah, it kind of pops yeah, exactly. out. Yeah, exactly. Really interesting. So how did you create that? Actually, is that using some kind of animation widget, or what is that? Uh, yeah, it's some custom. Uh, maybe I can uh, hook up the code. I can find the code once again. But yeah, it's some um, uh, some kind of uh, animation uh, widget yeah, uh, that you can animate and you can uh, uh, grow and, and reduce the code as you, as you want, uh, reduce the text as you want. Yeah, so I think this is this part of the code. <laughs> It should be. It should be this part. Yeah. Oh, okay. You actually make the. Okay, you actually make the custom animation. Yeah. Uh, so what happens is like it grows and then shrinks again, and then this animation is executed uh, on the text itself. Yeah, on the text here. Let's see. Animation. Okay. Okay. You do use a transform scale. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. Okay. And the bottom, uh, the bottom bar is actually uh, a custom, completely custom uh, code. Yeah, you see, there's a, there's a lot of code actually because it's kind of complicated to make this one, <laughs> uh, this uh, gradient bar. But uh, what you see here is all the custom code uh, need, needed for making the icons, the uh, the bar itself. Because what what I haven't shown yet actually is that here the text here of. Um, uh, the currency is actually depending on your current currency. So if I change from euros to oh. dollars, it changes here the, the text here. Oh, that's very nice. To adapt to the local, uh, the local uh, language, uh, the local uh, currency, and uh, all these currencies are fetched from some uh, some APIs. Yeah. Uh, so there's um, also um, it's also handling the uh, the rates, the currency rates, and uh, things like this. Yeah. But uh, also it works for longest currencies. Oh, here you can see uh, it changes all the time. 
And so that's why that's also why um, I had to do this uh, this custom uh, bottom bar because um, it um, it really there's a lot of custom elements here. First, there's the gradient where you, you can't do that with a normal flutter bottom bar. There's just no way. And then the animation when you tap onto it, it's a bit. Um, it's not really as smooth in the emulator, but uh, on the phone there's a bit of a delay here when you click on the animation. But in reality, you don't you don't have it. It's because of the debug mode. Yeah. Position. Oh, you use a stack. Yeah, I use a stack. Yeah. Position to make uh, the. Uh, I see. I see. Where is it? We'll start, yeah. Uh, yeah. So you have a you have a mask, and then you have the normal bottom bar on, on uh, just below it. Yeah. You, so you have a bottom bar. Then on top see. of that, you have a gradient mask, and then you have the icons. Is is how it works. And then the dots as well, because um, <clears throat> the dot here is also something custom. Yeah? Uh, when you click, the dots just move slowly to the next one. You don't really see it very well in the emulator because again it's debug mode. But if you click on one um, one tab and then the other tab, the dot is going to move to the other one. And so this is done uh, again manually with an animated position. Yeah. Ah, uh, okay, I see. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so it looks it looks kind of normal when you look at the app, but there's a lot of custom code into into this uh, to make it uh, as um, um, as per the designer. Okay, that's pretty cool. I'm surprised. I mean, you really said you did like so many custom. Yeah, it doesn't look like this when you you look at the app here. Uh, but no, it doesn't look so custom. Obviously, the bottom is quite interesting, but I've seen a lot of apps where the bottom navigation bar. Is similar where it's like a, there's like a dip in it and then like a raise button in the middle. Yeah, yeah. So this this is built in into into uh, uh, Flutter. Yeah, the, that the, you have a notch here, but the gradient itself, you, the gradient you have to do yourself. Uh, so the middle, the, I also had to customize a little bit the middle uh, button. I think. Yeah, I just customized the box shadow on it. I think and nothing else. Yeah, customize the box shadow and also the, the fact that, uh, oh, sorry. The fact that, uh, when you click here, he, it changes the, the plus into a cross here. This is what I've, I've modified as well. Because this way, uh, when you tap to get a new transaction, like people can just tap again and then they're back onto the screen that way. Um, <clears throat> oh, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so okay. the, there's also yeah, some custom code in the, in the, um, the middle button here to make it look like a cross when you click on it. Uh, so you can close, um, uh, close straight away uh, if you, if you don't want to go back, if you don't want to go to the, to the creating a new transaction. <clears throat> but yeah, there's a lot, of, a lot of custom widgets actually in this app, uh, that you don't really necessarily expect yet. There's also some dark theme, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it should be so customized. Yeah, yeah, it looks because um, actually the default the default Flutter widgets are kind of material looking, and as soon as you want something a bit fancy, you have to do some custom widgets. Um, I also have some uh, dark theme, yeah. 
So here you can see all the app uh, into uh, into the dark theme. Oh, that's really nice looking. And I also have some language uh, management. Uh, like here you can see the language uh, selection. And so if you want your app in German, you can just switch in German straight away. And... I'm enjoying the app for what my, from what I can see so far. It's really beautiful. Like for the dark mode, like how how does that work? Uh, I'm using the uh, theme, the Flutter theme. Um, so I have some uh, definition of a clear clear one or of a bright one, and then some definition of a dark one. And then you, I'm switching uh, the theme uh, like um, with some um, uh, shared preference. Yeah. Uh, so I'm storing that. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I just said I'm yeah. I'm storing it into the shared preference, uh, but because uh, I assume it's kind of a local, uh, local uh, kind of a setting, so I'm not. I, I'm really not storing it remotely. I'm just storing it uh, uh, locally. Okay, so you share like a yeah, shared exactly, preference yeah. or something, uh, right? And then I just switch the theme uh, with this. Oh, okay. Um, like uh, not everything. I had to do some custom code for that as well because maybe it's me who's not uh, as good with a uh, uh, Flutter theming, but um, not everything fits into the Flutter styling in the app. Uh, so I had to do some uh, custom uh, variables. I can show this as well. I really hope um, it's gonna go well with the internet. Uh, oh. So far, everything is smooth. Even your your microphone. I really, I really so hope it's gonna be fine. <laughs> so here is uh, the like the the colors. Yeah. Uh, so as you can see, not everything fits into the the way uh, um, Flutter handles the theme. Because for example, for the bottom bar, I have some uh, gradients, so uh, this is not gonna fit into the Flutter theme. Uh, and I also have some kind of a, the custom dropdowns that are not necessarily going to fit into the Flutter theme. So I also have a bit of like custom uh, custom methods here, which uh, which I also use in a few places to to redefine the, the colors here. So for example, I also make the bottom bar slightly darker, uh, even if you, you're not seeing it <laughs> much on the screen, but uh, it's slightly darker than on the bright mode. Uh, and there's a, a few places it's done done like this yeah. Uh So are you are you already handling uh, Fuchsia and everything else? Uh, yeah, I, I, do, I do. I saw uh, it's not published. It's not official. It's not uh, it's not released uh, officially. But uh, I also use my app on desktop uh, on my own desktop. Yeah. Uh, and maybe we can see. Uh, yeah, we had a guy on the show a couple of weeks ago, Eliandro, who's from, uh, oh man, I forgot how you say the name of where he's from, but he speaks Portuguese. Um, in any case, he he told me, and what I've been doing recently is that when I do yeah. develop my Flutter apps, I actually run it locally from my Mac. So I, I say I run the app on my Mac and I develop everything on the Mac and then just kind of size the screen properly. And then I publish to, to the mobile apps and it, 
works much faster. Because like I said before, is uh, when I was trying to develop using just the web browser itself, it seems like the hot reloading just stopped working. Yeah, that's what, was, um, no that's what I've been doing for quite a while. Uh, it's especially as well because of RAM usage. Uh, I've been a bit lazy because running, running the app natively just is a zero cost, basically. It's just zero. And so um, I've been using the like the native parts just to develop it, and then just like run it once or twice into the emulator to see if everything everything's good. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I've made some changes, so I don't know if it's gonna really start. Uh, one second, no. I can see it. Okay. One second. Oh, just need to remove this. <laughs> Yeah, it's a part, part of a live live show. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I've been using this uh, this mode to to develop myself, and uh, it's very very good uh, to to especially when you're you're the, because of the Android uh, uh, emulator is using so much so much RAM. Uh, so that's that's kind of a good uh, good use for it. But uh, I haven't published everything yet onto desktop, uh, even if the app technically works, because there's some edges uh, that needs to be smoothed a bit. Uh, the text selection, the like some clicking in some places, from, like also the top. Like when you you have generally some handle on the top uh, of uh, of each window with file or something, file edit or things like this. And uh, this is not on uh, currently on the uh, on the app. So, but just looks a bit awkward uh, to use uh, for a desktop user. It looks like some kind of mobile app just resized for desktop, which is not not uh, very ideal. Um, yeah. So this is uh, what uh, generally I use for developing it. Uh, so this is exactly the same app. Uh, the red bars are, are just tools for me to uh, put the margins properly. <laughs> it's some uh, homemade component. So how, how did you? How did you, so? Oh, you, so what's the point though? How does yeah, that yeah, actually uh, work? The red bars are, uh, so for people who, who maybe cannot yeah. see the screen, right? So you got like these. Uh, red vertical lines. Yeah, the yeah. it's um, the red bars are made uh, by myself. Yeah, they they kind of a tool to help me when I develop to make sure that the margins are okay on the app. Yeah. Uh, so everything you see on the left side and the right side it just fits into the margin uh, to make sure that uh, everything is aligned properly. Uh, is it is it like the no touch zone? Because I always heard that near the edges of your app. You yeah, really it's kind of yeah, it's because of this. Yeah, uh, because first you have some curved phones as well, okay. uh, which have uh, uh, trouble with the edges, uh, or they you just can't do anything on the edges. And secondly, it looks better. Uh, so this is some custom homemade stuff again uh, that uh, just uh, shows manually some uh, margins into the app. Yeah. Uh, this is very helpful for developing. Yeah. So you see, uh, it just shows if it's desktop or debug. <laughs> that's uh, that's uh, basically how it works. And it just puts some um, uh, some red margin on each side. Yeah. Uh, so that this way you can you can see what you're doing. That's pretty cool. Smart. But you can see also the. Um, there's also another reason why I don't uh, publish it yet. It's like the font sizing looks a bit different compared to mobile. There's a few a few things which are not exactly uh, as good as it could be. Uh. But yeah, it basically works here. Yeah. 
Um, one thing we can also talk about here on the photo app is I've done a lot of work on testing it. Uh, this doesn't really necessarily show up uh, when you look at the app, but testing is very critical for a budget app. Uh, and because you want all the, all the amounts to be okay, you want the sums to be okay, you don't want this to change every time you, lo you load up the app. Uh, you want uh, all the transactions to be stored properly. You, you want some guarantees, basically, when you're building uh, budget apps. And um, on my case, I'm coming from a race background as well, which uh, you have a lot of testing, uh, and and also this culture is also present in Elixir as well. Um, so I like testing. I like having a lot of tests, and um, there's there's uh, testing for basically every part of the app. Yeah. The tes testing is almost as big. As, the testing code is almost as big as the app code. Uh, so yeah, uh, everything is tested. Every time I find a bug, uh, I just add it to a test here. Uh, so you can see here, for example, I just uh, uh, check the total, the total expense, uh, like is, uh, is computed properly. Uh, I check the total income, I check the reference, I check everything. Um, so let me ask you this question because I'm still kind yeah. of new to testing in Flutter. I followed this this guide from Rezo Coder. I don't know if you've ever seen him before. Uh, it's another guy who makes, it's uh, another, a guy who makes quite a lot of YouTube videos um, specifically for Flutter. And he did a couple of TDD ones and I followed his and I quite like the way he does it. Um, but like, I guess the question more so is kind of like, how do you test? It seems like all I see right now is you're testing quite a lot of business logic, which of course I think is important to test. But do you also do any yeah, kind of yeah. widget testing or anything? So you have both. Uh, you have both um, unit testing and uh, like widget uh, testing. So this is this side is more of a DB, so it's more like uh, unit testing. But uh, you have also like some, um, for example, like uh, like if I get uh, one of the capture. I'm using the golden's uh, golden's uh, capture here. Let me find one. Yeah, for example, this is one of a page, one of a test page. So I'm just testing that the page looks exactly the same uh, without the styling. Uh, because also I want to be able to change the styling if I want to. So this is the how the page looks like with default. Uh, uh, the default flutter styling. Um, and, uh, let's see. Oh, all the goldens, for example. So another one. Edit, add, adjust. So this is the default font as well. Uh, this is the, this is the default font used by, uh, Flutter in the Goldens. So this is to avoid that, um, sometimes you might have a few pixels of difference between the way the operating system renders the fonts. Um, so this is, uh, to prevent this kind of, uh, issues. So how does this test actually work? So it looks like you're using, um, I've never seen this before in Flutter, but it kind of reminds me of like React where you can render a component and then basically check to see if the yeah, render exactly. is exactly the same, right? Is this the same I'm going to dive into the code, yeah. So you're using a PNG, so PNG gets Yeah, exactly, right? that's it. 
So, for example, this yeah, is please. one of the one of the tests of the adjustment. Uh, so basically, I do all my uh, business logic here, uh, and then uh, where is it? Uh, oh no, I'm on the wrong one. <laughs> one second. Yeah, no, no, this is the wrong one. Up. Yeah, yeah, this is a good one. Uh, so for here, for example, I just boot up my widget with all the details I want to uh, to test here. And this is uh, then after you just check the screen, if the screen match is golden with, uh, this is the file name, yeah. And then Flutter uh, does the checks if the file looks the same, yeah. And you have an option on the command line to erase the file and create a new one if it's necessary. Uh, so this is the, the one we just seen before. Yeah. So this is, this is what uh, is being produced by Flutter, and this is where you you, you check the, in the code that it looks the same. Um, in order to do this, you need also uh, an architecture which uh, allows you to uh, to build uh, screens per widgets, so that you you need to avoid some dependent states as well. So the best is that if you can boot up a widget, test it. And see if it works. And so, no need to set up too too much uh, uh, too much uh, on your app here. So this is, for example, on this financial statement page, uh, the page we've just seen before. It accepts uh, the uh, financial statement object, uh, which is the in real life what's uh, what's happening in the app here. Uh, the database just uh, just spits me out this object, and then I render it. And what happens is that in the test, you can just Put all of this, like get uh, a JSON equivalent of what you want, and then do a screenshot, and uh, use the use this as a as a uh, as a data mockup data. Don't know if that's clear. If that's clear enough, if you have any questions on this. Okay, this is pretty cool. I've actually never seen this before within Flutter. So it looks like I think you're using Golden Toolkit. Is that yeah, right? exactly the I'm using Testing. the golden uh, op. Yeah, golden toolkit here. Okay, why, why did you decide to use this one rather than just the default testing within? Uh, because Flutter? this one enables me to do uh, font rendering. Uh, the default one in Flutter doesn't doesn't support this. Oh, at least it didn't when uh, when uh, I've used uh, this one. Uh, maybe it does not. I, I have no idea actually, but. Uh, I've used this one at the time because of this. That's pretty cool. So it, it looks like you're actually using the translations, right? So you do support yeah. multiple languages. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so the languages are in JSON files. Uh, so this is, for example, the, uh, the French, the German, the Spanish. And uh, all of this is uh, ha has been translated uh, with uh, tools. So I just have another tool which transforms this into uh, Excel, or I have um, uh, I have uh, basically a tool like which transforms this into Excel and from Excel back to uh, JSON <laughs> to give it to translators. So, oh. So you actually pay yeah, translators exactly. to do this for you, or it's got some friends who speak. If it's if oh, it's some okay. kind of Latin language, I can uh, myself like check if it looks good or not. But otherwise, there's just no way. <laughs> I have no idea if a uh, if a Russian he looks good enough, or I need the translators. How, how many languages do you actually support? Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven for now. Yeah. 
how do you choose which languages you want to support? Is that people just kind of complain to you and say, I want this in my own language. That's how it works. They just see the app and give me a one-star review, like uh, saying my app app isn't in my language. (laughs) That's what happens. (laughs) Is there any more languages coming down the pipeline? Because it seems like you say you get quite a bit of use. Yeah, um, I'd like to bring Chinese here maybe, uh, and also uh, I think Italian. as well, which uh, some users uh, asked okay. for. And um, hopefully, I would like to cover most of Europe uh, with uh, maximum amount of languages I can. But it's pretty difficult. And the, the next issue is that uh, as soon as you start to add one more language, it's one more language to maintain. And then you need to add uh, translations every time for every time you add a new screen, uh, which is a kind of a tedious. <laughs> Has, have people ever complained or given you bad stars for although you have the language but maybe the wrong translation no it seems it seems people I, I are pretty okay lot, even with... if uh, actually I have no idea if a uh, translation looks are good enough but I think I think they are but um, nobody has given me a like a, a one star rating for like a, this is not translated right or something like this generally it's more if a language is not available but otherwise they're just uh, kind of um, happy with happy with it I think what I can say is that I do work with a guy who yeah. is French and I know that when we get translations in uh, from from another part of the company, he always looks at it and says, what the heck is this? This doesn't even make sense. The translation is always so bad that he just like goes out of his Yeah, on my, case, on my case, I'm, I'm French and I can speak so, English. So I do this file. I manage this file and this file myself, like the French and English one. But uh, yeah, the other ones, okay. I really hope everything's okay. Because of, a, because of the Latin roots, I can also kind of look at the Spanish one and say, yeah, maybe it looks okay. <laughs> but it's not 100% guaranteed. But uh, yeah, the rest I have to, I need to have translators for sure. Uh, yeah, I, I think. Hmm? But now the question is, what kind of French do you support, right? Because there's more than one French language. And the reason I bring this up again, the same guy, when we do the translations, we try to use like French. I think most of the French, uh, like in Europe, it's about the same. Like you got Belgian French, you got, uh, I think Germany also has some French too. And of course, France has got French. But then there's always the out, outlier, which I always hear Quebec. Yeah, French, it's sort of different. Um, totally I use different the one from France because I have no idea uh, yeah. how they say it in, uh, there in Quebec. <laughs> I hope they understand as well, but I think I think they do. Um, so it's funny because I see you just have FR. You don't have like FR, FR. You don't have like the, the country prefix, right? Yeah, yeah. I've so decided to use the same this one. kind of works out for you. Uh, and also, I have something in the config. This is also some custom. I, I have a lot. We, we, we can take a look at the config as well, I think. Um, sure. One thing I haven't covered in the show yet is that I generate the screenshots on the Play Store uh, automatically. Yeah. Uh, look. If you see this here. Yeah, if you see this, yeah, this is generated automatically. Uh, so all of this here, like the screenshot, the uh, Android emulator puts up a, a, a mocked version of the app with uh, some uh, database and then takes a screenshot, which is then fed into some uh, HTML tool, uh, HTML script, yeah, 
which just puts the screenshot and puts also the uh, the text uh, of the right uh, the right uh, part here, and then outputs the the screenshot into a directory, which is then picked up by a third tool, which uploads it to a Play Store. <laughs> so all of that, the whole process of the screenshot is done automatically. That's really cool. I I I quite like this. So if you if we go back here. Um, yeah, here you see all the titles, yeah, for example, uh, of uh, store screenshots and all the, de the descriptions, yeah. So everything you see on the screen, yeah, uh, if I can put the screen here, yeah, good enough. Uh, oh. Yeah, everything you see here is actually uh, like, like from the store screenshots uh, uh, script, yeah. So there's uh, three three layers how, of how does this actually how does this actually work? Yeah, how does this thing work? I I would love to know. I mean, or is it a secret? Uh, oh. Or how did you find out how to even do this? First of all, so this is an HTML page. Yeah. Uh, you have an HTML page which is uh, basically uh, the right uh, the right screenshot I want here. Yeah. And here I've put a random reference one uh, that, uh, to mock up everything I wanted to, to have. And then here you have a random screenshot to see how it works here. And like, let me open this. Uh, up. Yeah, here's the HTML one, yeah. And uh, on the on the divs containing the title, uh, you have uh, some IDs here: ID title and ID description. And the script uh, this is this time uh, uh, JavaScript uh, uh, one just replace just replace the right uh, the right uh, selector with the right image and the right title and the right description. How did you get the phone image in the background? Is that just some image you found online and somehow made it work, or what? No, no, it's also generated. Uh, you have another tool which um, uh, where is it? I use Flutter uh, screenshots here. Yeah? Uh, the screenshots command. Uh, screenshot is it? Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a, a Flutter tool yeah, which uh, just pulls up an emulator. Uh, yeah, it's use a YAML file yeah, here, uh, and it just records into the folder uh, all the right uh, locals. And so when you have um, you have a driver, where is it? Is it uh, is it this one? No, 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 no. This is not this. <laughs> Let me find the right file. Um, there's a there's a file here driving all of this in test stuffing. Yeah, this is exactly yeah, this is this one. So the screenshots screenshots tool run this uh, this test and what happens what happens is that it's just opening uh, an emulator and 
uh, fetching some um, SQL file. Uh, where is it? Yeah, and Sedomic, it's also so has to, to do some config, some special config yeah, uh, for the, everything to work. And what happens is open up the emulator, downloads the SQL file, the right uh, SQLite file, and then just switch up the language one by one. Yeah. That's exactly how it works. Yeah. And uh, then it, it puts all the screenshots into uh, one folder, uh, which is then picked up by this tool to uh, generate the Play Store screenshots. So what happens is that it just goes to the account screen, taps on one account, do a screenshot, go back to the account, do the screenshot of the account page, then goes to the, um, click on the bottom bar to go to the home page, uh, click on the, uh, to get a screenshot of the statistics. So basically you get all the screenshots one by one. It's all put into a folder, uh, just as a raw screenshot. So they, they, they just look like, um, the other one we've seen before. Uh, uh, yeah, they're gonna look similar to this here. And then uh, this tool here is picking that up uh, and then transforming, transforming it into uh, an HTML page, uh, which is looking like this. Uh, and here's just zoom of the right, the right part here. He's just zooming of the right uh, part of the image. Uh, so this is a full HTML page. How, how do you do the phone on the outside though? Uh, so the phone is just the HTML this part? thing or what? I know the phone is just a, yeah. No, the yeah, actual it's, it's also the phone. a phone there. Yeah. There's a frame.png here. Yeah, and uh, it's just a PNG yeah. frame, which I just add on top of it. If you remove it, you can see, oh, there's no frame anymore. <laughs> uh, so how did you get a frame though? Did you create that yourself or you found that online or what? Uh, yeah, I found it online. Uh, I think I found it online. Yeah, uh, uh, on some uh, open source uh, frame one, uh, and I'm not sure it's exactly the same as a proper phone frame, but it does the job. And yeah, I I seen this quite a lot, but I always curious about how the heck people do it. That's why I kept asking. I was so curious because obviously it makes it look much nicer rather than if you just show a square image, right? And here is how it works for the or uploading to the Play Store. Uh, so I just get the Google API and I just send everything, uh, all the screenshots, all the descriptions, all the title, all the icons, everything basically to the Play Store because each language also have their own uh, description, their own title. Uh, this is uh, also in the translated file. I try to keep all the language related stuff there. Uh, yeah, here. So, for example, this is the store description. So, it's pretty long, but that's what you see on the Play Store. Uh, and there, uh, everything is getting uh, uploaded uh, and set up there. So, I have to. Is, uh, how, how the Google API works is kind of uh, similar to Git, it's like a snapshot. So, you do everything you want, and then after you commit, uh, so I just delete everything, uh, recreate everything, and then just uh, push the change. That's that's how it works here. Yeah. So I I uh, create the the listing event of the I set the description. I delete all the image. Then I upload icon screenshots and feature graphic, which is a big one on the top. And then I put I do a commit to make everything live. 
Okay, this is pretty cool. Did you just custom yeah. make all this yourself? <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's some custom tools here for the for the RPA. And also, yeah, you have the uh, like some tool to convert from uh, Excel to uh, the JSON file and from JSON file to Excel. Yeah. Uh, so this is really helpful as, as well to to give uh, to my uh, to people translating the app uh, because generally they typically prefer some Excel tool or some kind of something like this. They're not comfortable editing JSON <laughs> straight away. Is, is this in crystal? Is that what the CR means? Yeah, yeah, it's in crystal, yeah. I also like crystal for small tools, <laughs> for small uh, scripts. So why you decide to use... Oh, okay. So why do you decide to use crystal, though, out of maybe just running straight Ruby or even... Um, because I like, um, I like it. Uh, it's a language I like, and uh, uh, I don't think it's suitable that much for big big tasks. Uh, in the past, I had some I had some backend in it, but I switched to Elixir. Uh but it's kind of useful for small scripts, I think. Um, so yeah, there's, there's a great amount of tools that you don't see behind the scenes, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can see that. You don't, you don't, you don't have any plans to open source some of this stuff? I'm hesitating. Like the thing is, like, I don't have any time to manage a community or anything of a source, so I'm hes always hesitating to. To open source all of this because uh, well, I don't have time to man to manage uh, a community in the first first and secondly the tool is also the the whole code base is also adapted to my own t personal tastes and needs and so there's no kind of documentation or anything enough to for outsiders I think to pick it up um, which you would, which I would need to create if I uh, open source it. But I, I'm considering it. I, I'm still hesitating. I'm not 100% sure. I'm, I'd like to open source the, some parts for sure already, like the tools or, and things like this. But um, I'm not 100% sure I will uh, open source the uh, everything uh, of this year. Right now, the, the thing uh, I'm building the, the most is I'm, I'm, uh, I'm quite big on, uh, I've done a lot of upgrades to support the null safety, uh, the new dot null safety feature. Um, and which is a pretty road blocker for a project that big, as you can imagine. Um, uh, there's a lot of migration to do, uh, to support this new, new feature. Uh, so right now, um, like 90% of packages are using null safety, uh, I depend on, uh, and I've migrated a few packages myself, sent top pull requests to people who are uh, not uh, uh, taking care of the project. <laughs> and uh, hopefully soon I can migrate the whole project to uh, null safety as well. Um, otherwise, there's some interesting stuff we haven't talked about yet, uh, and which is kind of a downside to... Uh, uh, Flutter for me. Uh, is uh, the kind of way the native navbar is handled. So I also have some uh, native code here, but you don't see. Uh, there's also some native uh, Kotlin code here uh, to handle the... Because... Um, how to explain here? What, what you see here uh, on the bottom here is also custom. <laughs> uh, normally on a Flutter app, when you build a bottom bar, 
uh, he is just a black bar you see uh, on the navigation uh, bottom because you have two kinds of Android phones you have an Android phones with a, a navigation bar and you have a Android phones with a, a real button like the cheap ones on my case, it's a cheap one. I don't, I, so I have a real button, like the old Samsung, you see, uh, like they, these ones, they don't have uh, this kind of uh, new fancy, uh, uh, virtual uh, navigation. But the ones who do, uh, you have, um, you would like to have something else on the black bar. Because by default, everything here is black. So what I wanted is to have the, uh, bottom bar extend here. <laughs> which is not something you can do with Flutter. Uh, as, uh, it's, it's also something uh, which is uh, done uh, manually because the bottom bar in uh, Flutter is unicolor. It's either white or black or something like this. Yeah. And so you can set the bottom color here to be the same color as your bottom bar, making the impression that everything works. But if you're using like me, uh, something which is a gradient, it doesn't work anymore. You cannot do something like this. You have to extend the screen up until the bottom here. So I've created a, um, sorry for not having the coloration here, uh, of Kotlin, but I don't use it that much. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm uh, using some Android code here yeah, to get the real height and uh, the real, um, uh, width of uh, this bar here and this bar here on the bottom here. Uh, and this way, uh, I'm using it to calculate the screen and I'm using a full screen mode of Flutter uh, to, to handle this uh, small bottom part here. Okay, I see. Yeah, it's something I've not talked about much yet. Uh, so here in the Flutter code, uh, no, this is go. Uh, in the Flutter code, uh, what happens is that I get the native, uh, uh, the native size of this, uh, this bar. And then I use it to, uh, to do some padding on the view here and also on the, um, on the bottom bar. Where is it? Yeah, uh, it's somewhere in the padding. Somewhere. Let me find it. <laughs> but yeah, basically, I um, I uh, extend the bottom bar to have the same size uh, as uh, what's uh, what's on the uh, the native navigation. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's this one, I think. Size. Yeah, so I use the context for this, uh, and I add the padding into your, into a context. Yeah. So this way, uh, you can uh, you can have the nice uh, gradient. Actually, it's a lot of work just for this, but <laughs> but uh, to have a nice gradient here, you need to have a full screen mode in uh, Android. And uh, if you do your full screen mode, you have to manage the height yourself of everything. Uh, you cannot just rely on the standard Flutter, uh, Flutter screen mode. Seems you're really obsessed about this. <laughs> Not a bad thing. It's really quite, quite amazing uh, how, how deep you dug. No, 
Actually, now you can understand why uh, you haven't seen this kind of uh, bottom bar anywhere else because that's just a thing. <laughs> and uh, that's, there's a lot of uh, work involved to, uh, to make this kind of uh, gradient bar happen uh, behind the scenes. So it seems like you have to make this kind of. Do you have to do any, any like hacks for iOS or anything, or you're not even? No, working I'm working on. on I'm working on iOS, uh, and um, in iOS, it's uh, kind of the same uh, same issue, really. <laughs> but um, I, I have a chance of using some uh, some uh, iOS phone with a physical uh, button. So this doesn't matter much for this one. Uh, so this is the app on iOS as well. Uh, it's not it's not on the store yet, uh, but it technically works uh, same as the one on uh, Android. I had a few I had a few things to adapt to iOS. Be- um, strangely enough, uh, you would think that everything works exactly the same, but I, it, it doesn't. Even with Flutter, it doesn't. So the SQL SQLite, for example, doesn't round round the same way as on Android. Uh, that's that, that sounds kind of crazy, yeah. What's, uh, the, what's the difference? Um, not not yeah, the run, the sorry, difference? the substring, yeah. Um, that, that sounds crazy, I know, but I had to do some, uh, some, something like this, some stuff to fix this. Uh, where is it? Yeah. So this is um, this is a, a constant. Yeah, I'm using uh, I'm using here because what happens what happens on uh, some some implementation of SQLite is I don't know why. Don't ask me why. <laughs> but happens only on iOS for now. Is like what happens is when you do this uh, on um, on an Android and this on an iOS, it doesn't return the same thing. What happens is um, uh, on Android, I think it's inclusive, so it gets the, the it gets the free, and on iOS, it gets the, the only the second one or only the two second one. I think that's for something like this. Uh, so I have to I have to count this and then use it uh, everywhere I do the I do uh, substring to to make sure everything works fine uh, in the queries. So this is one of the main issues I had on iOS. Uh, I'm sure it's pretty niche. I'm sure there's some articles about this, and I'm sure I should write some article about this. But uh, it's kind of a niche issue. Uh, and apart from that, uh, I had a few issues of packages uh, not working uh, natively properly. Um, some packages were not available on iOS. Uh, and I had to find workarounds. Uh, typically, the package I'm using to do uh, sharing of uh, like the sharing of files is not iOS compatible. So on on right now on Mavio, what you can do is uh, you can just share. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I, I allow imports from other database. So if you go here and you see import data. Uh, uh, you can import from Andromony, for example. Uh, this is some some features I'm working uh, on. I would like to have like dozens and dozens of apps you can import your data from. But 
for this one, you need to share, uh, save the database and share uh, with uh, the major app. So for this, I need some native module to do this, which is not uh, is not available on iOS. So I just on iOS, I just remove this option <laughs> straight away. Mm. Uh, so there's a few a few things I had to adapt. Yeah. You know, uh, there is uh, something I heard of from another guest previously. He told me that they ran into an issue with. Uh, I think iOS has the spell checker right, and it just doesn't really work properly on on uh, the text field widget. I'm already the text field. Yeah, I think it's a text field widget. Like if you tap on it, you should be able to have a choice. I think like the, the window should pop up and give you a choice. Yeah. If something spelled wrong, you could choose the proper one. Have you had the same issue or, or, or even looked at no, trying I to fix it or anything? No, I think the text on my case, the text here, uh, this is the main text I have uh, working for. No, this is actually, I remember now, <laughs> now as you said it, one of the biggest issues I have on the app here and something I haven't talked about yet. Uh, is there's a custom a custom input field? Uh, so this is completely custom. Mm. Uh, you see this uh, input here uh, is completely custom, and because the reason is uh, first I don't want any uh, either comma or or dots uh, a mix of comma or dots into the amount. First first reason. Second reason I'd like to handle the decimals. So I want, for example, you can not put more than two digits. And third reason, I want this button here with three zeros to be available. So this is for currencies where you have a lot of zeros, where basically uh, 40 euros is worth 1 million or something similar. <laughs> so where uh, typically users of these currencies, they, they like to have uh, a lot of zeros. So what they do is they just tap two times and they just make them 5 million. Uh, so for all of these reasons combined, I needed some custom input. And so everything here, you see the, the logic of the input is completely homemade. The logic of the input is completely 100% homemade. Everything you see when I do the dot and it adds a, something here, a zero here, and it focuses here, everything is homemade. Uh, I have a, I have a lot of testing in, in, into this. So I'm gonna, so there's some open source package for, for this. But they they're not good enough yet. Uh, they're not good enough. Yeah. Uh, so this all everything you see here is custom. All custom logic here. Uh, You've also extended the double. I saw. I don't. I haven't actually seen anybody ever extending classes yet. I know they do it, but I haven't actually seen anything. But I saw well, you did extension you double. on the double. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've extended a few classes to add stuff here. Um, to add a precision, yeah, to truncate to precision. Uh, so here, for example, this is the formatter, yeah. So the formatter is done 100% manually. So it, like, I have, I have a test here, but if you, if you have this before and this after, uh, it does this. Uh, so every input is controlled. Every time you add a zero, uh, it's controlled. Because, for example, here, if you do something like this, and you want to add a zero here, uh, it shouldn't add the one at the end. But if you do another digit here, it adds the other one after. Uh, I see. And also, mm. if you if you if you are here and you type a digit, it should uh, set up the next one and not add a new one in the middle. 
and also it handles the spaces. So he, for example, he just added multiple spaces. Uh, but if you put your cursor here and you want to delete, you want to delete the next one. You don't want to delete the space here. Uh, so all of this is done 100% manually. Uh, <laughs> so every time the it just uh, has a, t a, test, a, text, a text with a selection and the next one is uh, something different. It has some behavior uh, and everything is tested here. So this is all the test text selection uh, code here. So all the, all the, all the, um, yeah, because also for example, like the last one, if you have zero and you have a dot there, yeah, uh, you don't want, you don't want, uh, um, uh, like uh, this to be, yeah, like this. If you do zero dot zero and you remove, it, it should do, it should work. Yeah. Um, yeah, hard to explain. Sorry, <laughs> but there's a lot of text text selection issues. Yeah, yeah. I, and I this custom understand. keyboard is a nightmare to maintain. <laughs> this is one of the biggest pain points. How long did it take you sorry? to build this thing? You think? How long did it take you to actually build uh, this? It took me, uh, the first iteration was about a few days of work, like three, four days. But then uh, after that, I had a lot of issues uh, with the way the digits were working. So I've reworked the text formatter. Actually, I should open source this part because it would be really useful to some people for sure. Uh, and um, then it took me about one more week, I think of work. Uh, so it also works with international uh, languages as well. So let me go back and now we, we're going to put French uh, here. Uh, we're going to uh, start a new transaction. Up. And if you go back here, you see now that the uh, dot is instead of comma. Uh, to handle it like this. Uh, I see. And the spaces are still working. Yeah. <laughs> Because on That's the default cool. Android one, you have either a mix of uh, the default, uh, sorry, Flutter one, you have a mix of comma and dots, and you don't have a really way, as far as I know, maybe change uh, to specify only the one you want. And there's also no, no real way to do uh, a money formatting uh, scheme like this, where you, uh, you just add a digit after. So yeah, it doesn't look like it, but this is a kind of a big amount of work. So, yeah, I think so. It looks like it. The, I'm actually kind of curious though. Are you, are you seem like a kind of guy who kind of prepares for a lot of things, right? And so I think my question is after kind of preparing all these different languages, are you prepared for left to right languages? Sorry, you just, you just cut off. Can you repeat? Are you prepared? To... So what I wanted to say was that you seem like the kind of guy who's always prepared and kind of like you got all these things kind of figured out and yep. you're very yeah, focused sorry. on this, right? You're already ready for like Mac and Linux and, and these different platforms you're not right, quite ready to support yet. So now that you have a bunch of these different languages already ready to go, are you prepared for right to left languages yet? Ah, um... Kind of, uh, there's some, there's also some work uh, around this. Um, let me, let me get, there's some, there's some small work around this. 
in the code, but uh, I, I don't think I don't think it's ready yet as well. <laughs> uh, let me search. Yeah, I can show I can show the screen again. Oh. There's some small amount of code so <laughs> in a few places. Uh, to handle the right to left, um... yeah, sorry, I don't know, it cut, just cut off for some time. Uh, yeah, there's some small amount of code to handle the right to left um, languages, especially related to currencies. So here you see some kind of um, workaround code because what happens is like if a currency is a uh, uh, this is I think uh, the um, what's the name of the uh, dinner? Is it dinner? I'm not sure. I'm not 100 sure. But if it's this, if a thing is like if you if you don't use the right to left uh, uh, option. It's just run, gonna render it wrong. Yeah. The currency is gonna render it wrong. Uh, ju just this this text would be rendered wrong. Yeah. Uh, so this is what I'm um, I'm doing for the currency, but it's kind of a hack, and I don't support Arabic as a as a main language. So I didn't have I I don't have these problems yet, uh, but I know it's 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 a big uh, issue, and. Uh, there's gonna be a lot of code I need to change to uh, support it. I think. Yeah, yeah, I can totally imagine that. Um, I think we're kind of running out of time, but there's a couple of questions I wanted to quickly ask you uh, that I always ask everybody. The first question yeah, sure. is: the first question is, how do you manage your state? Ah, yeah, it's a good question. Uh, uh, so, what is this? Uh, So um, I'm using the state. Uh, where, let me let me go go back into into this. I have some. Um, I've, I've changed a few times actually because uh, the first the first way to manage the state with uh, I was using some change notifier and stuff like this, and it wasn't it wasn't working very well, uh, and it's it's not really useful, like easy to test in a way. Uh, so let me no no I'm I'm using sort of a, um, I'm using this kind of uh, this kind of way to do it. I'm using a change change notifier, yeah, uh, this one. But uh, on the new ones, uh, where are the new ones? Yeah, uh, on what I've done on, is I've done a reset. Yeah, a reset exactly. That's where the part I wanted to go. Uh, so I'm using a change notifier, yeah, but uh, on the reset ones, I just compute uh, all the dependent um, ones, all the dependent state, yeah, which helped me to do uh, a lot of cool things in the test here. Yeah. Uh, so if we go back, for example, in the tests. Uh, oh. 
if we go back in one of the tests, for example, I can like build my uh, build my widget with what I want. Uh, with, for example, some DB mock, uh, some uh, account, some uh, some stuff which is basically useful for as a global state. And then I can just uh, do my own testing, do my rendering, and uh, use this to uh, to make it work. Here. Um, so yeah, I'm using some change notifier provider. Uh, up. Uh, and then I'm using provider. It's like it's like this, right? Provider. Uh, I have some memory issues now on this. <laughs> Suddenly. Yeah, exactly. Provider of. Yeah, I'm using this. Either so, either like this, so as inline, uh, if I want the object straight away, or uh, if I want as a widget, uh, I do a consumer of my object. Here. I see. Uh, this is how it's done. So yeah, I've done I've done some more hacky stuff in the past uh, when I first started the app a uh, uh, long time ago now, and then I transitioned to this uh, kind of help, very helpful uh, 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 change notifier provider. And uh, this is really helpful for, especially for the testing here, because this is a part I had uh, some trouble with. Um, now it's very easy to just um, like uh, just do a multi provider, and I I put this into into the um, uh, pump widget yeah, uh, when you start the widget, and this way this state will be there uh, whenever you you render this view. Uh, which is very helpful then to render the right uh, the right curve. Yeah. Then I think the final question I have for you is uh, for any kind of beginners to flutter, right? Do you have any advice for them or maybe something to warn them about? Yeah, I have a few things to warn them about. Uh, first, the like, management of state is pretty hard. And uh, I would not use... Uh, I still have in a few places, for example, but, uh, this like uh, this kind of um, way to do it, like a value notifier, yeah, uh, are not the way to do it because they just make your code messy. Uh, like you can you can do um, you can do this value value notifier, and they you can listen to change uh, to changes and rebuild your code accordingly, but. That's a way to transfer state. That's also a way in the past on how I was managing the currency here, uh, the currency on the on the bottom here, here this one. Mm -hmm. uh, so, for example, when you were switching uh, the currency here, it was just uh, changing the value notifier, and then I was listening on the bottom bar to to change it. But that's not a good way to do it. Uh, I strongly advise to use some. Uh, uh, like a change uh, value notifier, which are built for this purpose, and uh, value notifier are just like a, a small building block, which shouldn't be used for anything too complex. That's that's my uh, uh, first uh, my opinion on this. Um, then, secondly, I advise uh, to to do to build strongly on testing. Uh, testing is very important, and testing is actually well done in Flutter. Uh, it's one of the, I think one of the best framework uh, for 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 testing on the mobile part. It's maybe not as good as uh, the Ruby culture because I, I love the testing culture in Ruby, but it's pretty good and it works very well. 
And the, the next advice, like uh, I'd say to uh, to use the, the the tooling Flutter provides. So first, the refactoring is excellent. Uh, the autocomplete is excellent. The uh, Flutter um, uh, auto reload is excellent. Like uh, everything, everything uh, like related to tooling is excellent with Flutter. Like it's one of the strongest point of a language, and uh, and the framework. And uh, I really advise to use all the tooling, uh, all the open source tooling which is provided. It's perfect. It's close to perfect. So how do you actually learn about all the tooling and stuff? Because I think a lot of beginners don't really know how to learn this kind of stuff. What do you? How did you actually learn? Uh, by myself, I'd say. <laughs> Uh, I just open some code base and uh, just try stuff. And uh, yeah, I don't have any, any advice on on this, but uh, I think I just don't just uh, learn by myself. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, is there anything else, like maybe something that you want to plug or or something you want to to say before we sign off? Um, let me let me look quickly if we uh, handle the, the most important parts. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not using I'm not using uh, like a CI stuff yet because uh, like the tests are not working very well. On to this is one of the main downsides I think. Mm. Um, but apart from that, I don't think I have I don't I think we covered most of the interesting stuff. Yeah, uh, most of the interesting stuff. Uh, I also use some uh, in the testing here. Yeah, this is also uh, kind of interesting. Maybe I also use some um, cassette for the HTTP uh, request to so similar to what we do in Rails uh, to replay the request. Okay, like a VCR uh, basically, which is pretty nice. Sorry, like a yeah, the VCR basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I think that's uh, that's pretty much it on my case. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't. I, I think I think I've covered the most interesting parts of the of the app. Hopefully, <laughs> there's a lot. Of but stuff yeah, there's a lot of right? custom so, stuff. Yeah, it's much more complex than what you expected. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really cool. All the stuff you have. I'm surprised that I didn't know. I mean, you managed to automate a lot of things. So and and do a lot of things that I never thought about. So I might just have to download your app and just play with it to see how it all looks and works. See, you know, yeah, for sure. Into it. Please free, uh, please leave a five star review <laughs> if, you, if you can, and not leave a one star. I'm not happy with uh, something else. <laughs> no problem. Well, thank you for your time. Um, I'm, I'm think that you know, with all the work you've done, I would love to have you back to talk more, maybe more in depth about certain pieces because you spent a lot of time on this, and you know, the hour and a half or so we spent together. It's just not enough time to really get into some of the more interesting pieces, of course. So, oh yeah, I, it doesn't cover uh, like ten percent of the work for sure. Uh, I would be happy to to uh, to join on the show again to talk about the uh, in details about some uh, some parts uh, of uh, of work. I've also I also um, uh, like one thing we haven't talked about, but we could talk uh, uh, next time. Is I've also used uh, uh, I've also used hover uh, in the past. Uh, to try to build a native version before the Flutter uh, native was as good as it is now. So we could also talk about the differences of uh, the hover version and the uh, Flutter one, Flutter native. Yeah, that sounds good. Uh, let's just link up after this, so whenever you're ready. Okay. Yeah. Uh, then I thank you so much for joining, and uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing you again next time.
Perfect. See you next time.